I want you to come away with me to the book of Luke. Chapter 10. verse 38 is where we're going to read this morning. We are renewed in 2022. This month of June, renewed by the Holy Ghost. My wife and I was uh, studying our devotion and we came across maximize your kingdom uh, not potential but influence. Maximize your kingdom influence. And how ironic we've been studying or we've been training, doing discipleship training on Wednesday nights. And we are finding out what stage we're in while being a Christian. And you know, we talked about the five stages on Wednesday. It's, it's sad that people who have been called by God to be salted, salt and light in the world are often apathetic when it comes to loving the laws. And this is in part because the prevailing culture among many Christians is one of seeking comfort and has been fostered by churches and leaders who have put more emphasis on catering to people than challenging them. We are Guilty. And now we become a church that we want to get likes. You already know when you tell the truth, everybody's not going to like you. They may not ever give you a like when you start telling them about the things that God said. Because if you shacking, you start talking about it. Somebody shacking, they're not going to like you. If somebody committing adultery and you start talking about adultery, they're not going to like you. You're not going to get a like. Are you hearing me? If somebody loved to tell lies and you start talking about a liar will have their place, you know, in the lake of fire, they're not going to like you. So if you are looking for likes, well, we're in the wrong business. We should be challenging people to do what God say do. Are you hearing me? And so the only way we can fix this is to raise up leaders who will get their hands dirty and challenge others to do the same. And so we need Christians who choose obedience over comfort, love over convenience, and ministry over ease. Did you hear what I said? Obedience over comfort. They're more into one. I, I, I want to be comfortable. Make me feel good. No, we need you to obey. It's getting quiet in here. They want convenience. They don't want you to love them because when you love somebody, sometimes you're going to give them tough love. And doing ministry is not going to be the easiest thing to do all the time. You know, much as you like me, you ain't going to like me all the time. Much as I like you, I'm not going to like you all the time. I might have to tell you something, you might have to tell me something. And so believe it or not, you can be one of those leaders who are challenging the people rather than catering to the people. And I'm, I'm not saying that you need to take a position at the church or anything like that, but lead other believers around you by setting an example of serving God and serving others. Get involved in loving the lost in your community and you will influence others to reach out and love people and love people to Jesus. Hallelujah. And I know the problem is we're trying to cater to people because we want more members. Yes, we do want people to come. Yes, we do want people to join. Yes, we do want people to love Jesus. But we can't cater to you. We got to challenge you. Man, little Eli, my little grandson, the little baby one. You know them baby ones. You understand what I'm saying? They, you know, they, they know you're in charge, but they got to, they got to make sure you're in charge. 
They know you, you have authority, but they want to challenge it and see whether you're going to use it. Huh? And so we can't cater to that. We got to challenge him that, hey, this is how it works. You got to be obedient, little buddy. And if not, we got something to get you back in line. Because if we cater to little Eli, he'll be running things. All he would want is chips and cookies huh? and fruit punch. Well, he can't get that all the time. Are you following me? Amen. And in the spirit, we can't give you chips and cookies and fruit punch all the time. Now, if you, want, if you want sweet cakes and sugar tits, you go to another church because this is not the one. We got to give you the word of God. We got to challenge you to become better. Hallelujah. We're not raising no weak husbands around here and no weak wives around here. We're raising sons and daughters of God. We want you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Hallelujah. You ain't going to be able to stand with no little sweet stuff. All your teeth will fall out. All your spiritual teeth just gone. Huh? Just snag in the gospel. Snag a tooth in the spirit. You got to get some meat and potatoes of the word of God. You got to get something that's going to make your bones strong. All right, okay, let me go ahead and teach you. I wish you'd get to the lesson. Okay, I'm going to get to it. In the book of Luke, the 10th chapter, y'all let me know what I'm doing all right. Can't cater, we got a challenge. If you don't remember nothing else. And when you challenge people, with, you, you know what they're made of. When they get up and leave and don't come back, they wasn't ready for the challenge. They wanted you to cater to them. I, look, I just broke this little nail right here. And Bishop, can you kiss it? I mean, I just, it's just, I got a little splinter right there. I got one little right there. I just, I just, I, ooh, I made, I got a little, a little hang something right there. Hallelujah. When the tests and the trials of life hit you, you can't worry about the little small stuff. That's the time you got to stand strong. When a rough, tough trial come your way, you won't be tempted to give in and to give out and say, forget God and forget everybody. No, that's the time you dig in and say, for God I live and for God I will die. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's making strong soldiers and warriors. Are you hearing me? That's why when we were coming up, they sang that song, I'm a soldier. I'm a soldier. See, y'all remember that, don't you? And they meant that thing, too. They meant that because they know soldiers have to be in the trenches. They know that soldiers might have to jump out of planes and go up mountains. And they know that the mountains of life, they had to be tough back then. See, when they, when they sang songs back then, they meant their songs. We sang songs to be pretty. Ooh, I like that. That sounds sweet. They sung songs with intention. And they sung it with confidence. 
even though they may say the same thing and repeat it over and over again. And then somebody else will pick it up over there. Huh? That thing will roll, that thing, that thing will roll around the church about three or four times. Huh? Somebody add a little more to it. I'm a mighty good soldier. <laughs> and then somebody say, if I die, let me die. If I die, let me die. Wait a minute. Now you talking about dying? These people committed. They commit. Listen, I'm committed to death. Folk now, they scared to die but don't want to live right. Paul said, for me to live is Christ. For me to die is gain. That's why they say, if I die, let me die in the arm of the Lord, because I'm, I'm going to gain something even more. Go ahead and challenge me with eternity. Let me get on with my, let me get, y'all, let me get on with my this. <laughs> Woo, Hallelujah. Amen. They just kept the man. They just kept go on and on and on with songs, and they'll just they'll connect them together and everything else like that. They'll talk about traveling shoes and you know everything else. You know, you know. I mean, man, they'll they'll just they'll just connect things together. Y'all know that, amen. Okay, let me go. On. I start connecting those things. Together. Now it came to pass as they went that he Jesus entered into a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, doest thou not care that my sister have left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. <laughs> And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. Oh, here we are. And Mary have chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Now, I, 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 today I want to talk to you about hosting the Holy Spirit. Or you could say hosting the presence of God. Hosting the Holy Ghost. I believe that this is the crossroad we stand at today. Are we the body of Christ going to satisfy ourselves with uh, the activity of opening and closing doors? Or to say it another way, just going through the motion? Just carrying on in the flesh. Or are we going to admit that we may be making a lot of noise with our keys rattling and opening and closing doors, but we need and what and what we want is the power of the Holy Ghost. Isaiah 10 and 27 says, It, it is the anointing that destroys the yoke. You remember anybody quoting no scripture, the anointing destroys the yoke? Well, it's in, it's in Isaiah 20, 10 and 27. See, the yoke represents anything that hinders, binds, or oppresses. That's what the yoke represents. It can also be sickness or mental, emotional, or physical. It can be disease, debt, or lack. And I don't know about you, but I don't need to be yoked up with any type of mental situation. I don't need to be yoked up with any type of emotional situation. I don't need to be yoked up with any kind of physical situation. I need God to keep me on my feet so I can do what he called me to do. I don't need to be yoked up with some kind of disease. And I sure enough don't need to be yoked up with any kind of debt or any kind of lack. I need God to help me to become debt free. Now you can say what you want to, but you can shout better when you're debt free. 
You can praise better when all your bills are paid. You can praise God better when you don't owe nobody anything. Am I talking to any real people up in here? Ain't no pressure to let you, your hand go up because you ain't thinking about you owe nobody. So I don't need any yokes being yoked up with anything. The yoke represents, uh, represents anything that the devil can put on you. To steal your joy and to rob you of abundant life uh, Jesus gives. And I don't need the enemy robbing me of anything. I need everything that God has for me. How about you? I need my joy. Huh? I need my strength. I need every man with this body that I got to carry around here that I don't know what it's going to do when it wake up in the morning. It chooses when it's going to ache. My God, I ain't done nothing to it, but this knee over here don't want to act right. I'm telling you that I thank God that I'm not going to let this yoke keep me from serving God. If I got a backache, I'm bringing it to the house of God. I'm not thinking right. I'm bringing it to the house of God. Hallelujah. If I didn't make the right decision, I'm bringing it to the house of God. Hallelujah. There's some of us in here happy about the word this morning. So I refuse to be yoked up with anything. Come on, say it with me. I refuse to be yoked up with anything that the devil will try to put on me. See, nothing but the anointing can break Satan's power. Nothing else can deliver the bound and oppress, oppress like God can. Nothing else can heal the sick and the disease. You can copy it, you can imitate it, but you cannot manufacture what the Holy Spirit can do in an individual's life. There is only one place to get the anointing and that is from the fellowship and the communion of and with the Holy Ghost. It's not coming no other way. So that's the key ingredient and the master key that the church must have. And I believe that without the power of the Holy Ghost, the church is going to become just another casualty of war. Either we're going to be saturated, inundated, and my God, endued uh, uh, with power from on high, or we, we fight back with the power of the Holy Ghost, or we will end up as more casualties on the battlefield of life. Because in the last days, we are going to have to fight the good fight of faith. In the last days, we're going to have to roll up our sleeves in the spirit and get ready for warfare. And it's not with guns. It's not with bullets. It's not with tanks. It's not with bombs. But it's with the spirit. Because I'm telling you, it is a spiritual warfare. And the devil and his imps, they are spirits. And I'm telling you that you're going to need the Holy Spirit to be able to fight this battle. If we're going to have the power of the Holy Spirit, we must learn how to host the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're talking about today, hosting the Holy Spirit. Our aim and our goal in life as Christians, as disciples of Jesus Christ, has, has got to be more than the rapture or to go to heaven when we die. Our aim and goal of our lives as Christians should be twofold. Are you ready? I'm going to give them to you. Twofold. Here they are. You'll be on the screen. To know him, to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and to have fellowship and communion with the Holy Spirit. That's number one. Number two is to make Jesus known. I like that. Make him known to be living revelation and manifestation of his will in the earth. People ought to know Jesus because they know you. They ought to know Jesus because you're going to speak about him. They should know Jesus because you're living uh, out as a Christian, a Christ-like one, a disciplined disciple. They should know Jesus because every time you open your mouth, you come out with something that the Lord has done in your life. They should know Jesus because you act 
like him. You talk like him. You look like him. You live like him. Are you hearing me here? They should know Jesus because that's what you are all about. Because Jesus is the one that heals your body. Jesus is the one that turned your life around. Jesus is the one that, my God, blessed your family. Jesus is the one that brought your daughter out. Jesus is the one that brought your son out. They should know about Jesus because when they see you, you're glowing. That means that Jesus lives through us and he does the same things through us and that he did when he was here in his flesh. And so Jesus didn't make disciples just so they could go to heaven. He made disciples to multiply himself in the earth. Did you know that? And to manifest himself through us. To heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Cast out devils and raise the dead. So wait now, Bishop, he expects us. Yes! And that was why they needed and we need the Holy Ghost. Because it is the anointing of the Holy Ghost that gives us the power over the devil's kingdom. To destroy his works, to break his power and set people free. Now, this kind of talk is not popular. Talking about having the Holy Spirit take residence in you and live in you so that you can have the power to do the works on the earth. This kind of teaching is not popular. We expect the Lord to do everything. We act like he's a, a genie in a bottle. And when we rub that bottle and open up that bottle, he come to our rescue. He said, no, I got to go back to my father and you will do more miracles. I leave you here to be acting on my behalf, but I'm not going to leave you comfortless, but I'm going to fill you with the Holy Ghost so you can do mighty works. So it's not you, your flesh doing it, but it's what's on the inside of you. This is why we have to be like Mary and learn the art of hosting the presence of God. Mary was hosting Jesus and taking care of Jesus and doing everything that she needed to make his stay comfortable. Hallelujah. She wanted him to come back again. You know how it is when, uh, you know, when you go to someone's house and they make you feel so welcome. They're a great host in their home. You want to go back. But when they're not a good host, you thirsting, they won't give you no water to drink. You got to go use the bathroom, but they won't even let you, let them, let you use their bathroom. You are not a good host. What you afraid of? You should have cleaned up before I got here. Hallelujah. That's why you always got to keep your house clean because you don't know who's going to, you know. Hallelujah. Then you, get, you don't have to be making all them excuses. Well, you know, I don't usually have it looking like this. Normally, I clean up, you know, you really, you know, um, you know, Thursday is my cleaning day, the day Wednesday. So, you know, I, 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 you got to make all them excuses why your house is nasty. But if you picked up behind yourself, they say if you mess up, clean up. Huh? A lot of us don't want to clean up while we're messing up. You know they made a song about it. Wanna clean up? Well, I messed up. Started my life over again. They wrote a song about it. You know that, right? See, but we ain't taking heed to the song. We mess up and keep moving. Huh? You done bought three dirty clothes hampers. 
clothes all over the floor. We ain't talking about nobody. And you know some of us, are, you know, our feet sweat. And the way those socks smell, they can, they can walk by themselves. Some of us got a habit, you know, we don't like to, you know, take a bath, you know, but ever so often, you know. No. Them clothes can't stay there but so long. Amen. You know how it is when you raise the little boys, you know, they just they get they they run all day and they just want to go to sleep. Oh, you got to go get in that bath. Take a bath. That's what they told us, you got to take a bath. Amen. And you know something, we were little boys, we get a little so dirty, my mama coming in, she get a little top of, a little, take the bleach and get a little top of the bleach and pour it in the water. So y'all need to, y'all just, just dirty. I'm just talking about me now. That's how they used to do it. Then we had a little ring around the tub after we get out, you know. But in the spirit, you got to clean up. Socks walking around. Underwear sticking to the ceiling. God for stuff all the time but we don't take care of what God give us some of y'all right now asking God for a new car but the one you got we can't get in that one don't let nobody have to get a ride with you oh excuse me let me just I got to put all this in the trunk I'm, huh can't get in your car can't have get in your house And we want God to give us more, but we don't want to take care of what he's given us. And if you can't take care of these things of the earth, how do God expect you to take care of your temple? Your temple is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And he expects us to take care of our temple. But look at us. We do our temple any kind of way. Especially pre-Jesus. Before Jesus. We did these temples any kind of way. We pour alcohol in it. We smoke like chimneys. Huh? We, we, we get involved with stuff. That we have to go to the doctor about. We hang around people that we know we shouldn't have been hanging around. We just did our bodies any kind of way. Go joyriding, riding so fast. and No fear. Wee! Just talked to a good friend of mine last night. Last night. One of his friends bought him a, bought him a new Ferrari. And he said, hey, yeah, he said, man, yeah, come go ride with me. He asked him to drive. He said, no, you know, it's your car going down. And Lord, behold, they out there driving. He, didn't, he said he didn't know Chuck Sheen. He said he didn't know that that guy was going to be going 100 and something. Like they hit a tree. Totaled the car. But both of them, they got out all right. That just happened last night. See, we don't care nothing about our temples. We don't care nothing about our bodies. And then don't let me get to the part that'll make you mad. How we eat. 
We put all kinds of stuff. We, some of us like a garbage disposal. They put anything in our temple. They put it. They eat anything. What is that? Give me some. You don't even know what it is. You like Mikey? Get to me. He eat anything. And I'm telling you something. After you get older, you know you, you, your body gonna gonna tell you something. So you remember how you were treating me when you were 20 and 30 and up until 40? We on the decline now. I'm finna show you something. Then you go to the doctor and say, "Sir, you need to start doing this. You need to take this. You need to take." I ain't had to take that before. Well, this is from all of the years. Uh, how you treated your body. Hallelujah. One man told me, if I knew I was going to live this long, I'd have treated my body better. Because ain't no fun living with aches and pains. Ain't no fun living on your back and can't move. Well, we didn't sign up for this type of teaching today, Reverend. This is what you're going to get. Amen. We got to start taking better care of our temples. Hallelujah. And you know what? It don't even take much. All it takes is you getting over getting started. Getting started. Say that with me, getting started. Get started. And you don't have to do a whole lot. Just do a little bit. Say, well, I, I don't think I can do it. Just start, say, I'm, I'm starting my exercise today. I'm just going to walk down to the corner and back. Yeah, but Reverend, it's too hot. You know what kind of temperature out there? Wait until it cool down. You don't get dark to 9 o'clock. Around 7.30. Close to 8 o'clock. Get your hips up. Go walk down to the corner. Come back. That's your start. And then if you, you know, you say, well, it's still just a little bit too hot for me, uh, Bishop. Well, they got indoor tracks. The rec center got an indoor track. The base got an indoor track. And look up here, right down here, the old mall, you can walk inside there. And if you don't like any of those, those of you that like the shopping center, you can go to the mall itself and walk. So there's no excuse for anybody to start a regiment of taking care of their temple. Hallelujah. And don't get me wrong, just because you're skinny don't mean you're in shape. Because skinny folk just are out of shape as big people. Can't have, can't walk down that, can't walk to the door without <sighs> mess around and get in the spirit and try to do one lap. We got to bring the oxygen tank in here. All right, so now I'm going to speak about three main elements to host in the Holy Spirit's presence, all right? Number one, y'all ready? Make room. Say make room. Now this phrase means to do whatever it is necessary to make a place for someone or something. To move things around or discard things or even add on, on extra space. So you got to make room. If you're going to host the Holy Spirit, you got to make room. Number two, you got to give place. Say give place. Now this is different from making room, but this can't happen without making room first. To give place means to yield to, submit to, by extension it means to want or to desire and to, to uh, give liberty and freedom of expression. All right? So you got to make room, you got to give place if you're going to host the Holy Spirit. And number three, you got to accommodate. Say that with me, accommodate. Now this even goes further than the first two. It means to make comfortable, to seek, to please, to create a desired environment. By extension, it means to consult with having the desire to please. So these are the things that we got to do if we are going to host or have the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit is this. He is a perfect gentleman. He will only come where he's invited. He will only do what you give him the freedom and the liberty to do. 
He will not come in like the devil. The devil just rush in and just take over. He does not do that. He has to be invited. So the Holy Spirit is not, watch this, is not just tongues. The Holy Spirit is not just power. I want you to learn something here. The Holy Spirit is a person with power. Now write that down. The Holy Spirit is a person with power and the Holy Spirit want to take residence in you. So, and if we want to have the power of the Holy Spirit, we must learn the host, that person, the person or the presence of the Holy Spirit. The most comfortable the Holy Spirit is with us, the more his power is manifested to us, in us, and through us. So the Holy Spirit has to be welcomed in. If you are a believer, you welcome him in. You make him comfortable to take residence inside of you. So how do we create the environment that the Holy Spirit desires? Because he desires to have an environment where he's free to come in and do what he desires to do. So how do we create this environment? I'm glad you asked. Number one, eliminate the sin. Say that with me loud and proud. Eliminate the sinful. You got to shut the door on Satan. Give no place to the devil. Stop doing anything that is contrary to God's word. To live contrary to God's word is sin. Sin is no disobedience to God's law. And so you got to find yourself doing more of God's law than you doing of the world. Get out of the world and get in the word. The difference between the word world and word is one letter, L. Hallelujah. Take that out and you'll have the word. So don't be more concerned about the world is doing and concerned about the world, how the world think about you and get yourself in the word. Get your face really in the book. You want to be in a, a, a real Facebook? Here it is, the Bible. So number one, you got to eliminate the sinful. Number two, be quick to repent. Say it with me, be quick to repent. And when you, have, when you have done something wrong, contrary to God's word, or even contrary to the voice of your conscience, if you feel pricked in your heart, that's the Holy Spirit trying to keep you safe. Repent quickly. Keep short accounts with God. You got to repent. And once your heart tells you you did something wrong, you need to repent. Be quick to repent. And don't wait for other folk to repent first. You be quick to repent. Are you following me? Number three, crucify, compromise. Say that with me. Crucify, compromise. In other words, make no deal with the devil. Leave no gray areas concerning your commitment to holiness and obedience to God. Never compromise your faith and your values. What did I just say? Never compromise your faith and your values. Whatever you value, don't compromise it. Your faith, uh-uh, I'm not doing it. I don't care what it looked like. I don't care how much it is. I'm not going to compromise. And if you give it an inch, the devil will take a mile. So you got to crucify compromise. You got to let the devil know there are some things I'm not going to do. I don't care how much money is involved. There's something for I'm just not going to do. I don't care how good they say it is, how good it looks, how good it feels. If it's going to compromise my values and it's going to compromise my stand, it's going to compromise my faith, I am not going to do it. I got a few of you all there with me. But I'm going to crucify compromise. Are you taking notes? You ready? Number four, minimize the secular. Martha forfeited the holy for the secular. The secular is not sinful. Did y'all did hear what I say? The secular is not sinful nor evil. It's just secular. It's just excess. Right? Secular means excessive. 
Instead of prayer, we do the secular. Instead of worship, we go to the club. Instead of giving, we say, nah, I don't need to do all that. Instead of studying God's word, we do the secular. Instead of fasting, nah, I'd rather eat. Instead of the things of God, we're just replacing it with the secular. Well, you got to minimize the secular and maximize the spiritual. You got to get closer to God than you ever have before. When you start getting closer to God, people won't recognize who you are when they first met you. You didn't get that. You didn't get that. When a man of God get closer to God, his wife should say, when I first met you, you have changed for the better. I see something different in you. You are not the same man that I met because I minimized the secular and I maximized the spiritual. Are you following me? I shouldn't see the same thing in my wife as she get closer to God because she minimized the secular and maximized the spiritual. I see a, a more beautiful woman in Christ than I ever seen before. And that's a problem we have, saints of God. People don't want to minimize the secular. We'd rather have the access. We'd rather do things that please us than please God. If it's a television show that I really want to watch, I really want to watch, I don't even want to record it. I want to be there when it's hot off the press. So I'm going to miss Bible study tonight. I want to see everything. I want to see the commercials and everything. And you know right now, every look like the show cannot end without a commercial talking about a him and a him and a her and a her. See, now I just lost somebody right there. I'm not trying to be politically correct. And they're trying to make you, make you accept it. That's why you see it all the time. They're trying to jam it down our throat. They're trying to make it where you can laugh about it. They want you to embrace it. When you have somebody, your fam one family member that's like that, see, they like that. And they all right, they nice and everything. Else. No, I'm going to treat you wonderfully. I'm gonna still going to hug you. I'm still going to say, hey, how you doing? I'm going to treat you like a human being. But I'm still going to tell you that God says that's abomination. But I'm still going to love you. I'm going to love you through it. I don't care how bad it is. I'm still going to love you through it. And I'm going to treat you right too. And I'll feed you at my table. I'm going to still tell you loving that man is not right. If you're a man. Hallelujah. Just because somebody doing something wrong doesn't mean you got to treat them bad. God and people didn't treat you bad while you were doing wrong. Hello? When you was out there doing all you wanted to do, your mama still were praying for you. They were still feeding your hard head, tail, and everything else. They didn't do you wrong while you were messing up. You got to love him. Hallelujah. They'll respect you more when you love them and you, you treat them right. And here's the thing, here's, here's, here's the main thing. You still modeling what you preaching. Because if you're a hypocrite, they ain't going to hear nothing you got to say. So we got to minimize the second. Number five, we got to trash the demonic. Say that with me, trash the demonic. You got to be very aggressive against anything demonic or occulted. You got to watch some of these cartoons and some of these, these movies that they got coming out. They put all kinds of things in it, them subliminal messages and everything else, and we, 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 and we don't even see it. We just laugh about it. Oh, that was a funny scene. But what they're trying to do is they're trying to put a spirit in you. And you got to destroy anything that even leans toward the occult or the demonic. Tarot cards and fortune tellers and horoscopes and crystals and Ouija boards and ESP and mind reading and magic and Harry Potter. Uh-oh. 
any such thing that has to do with witchcraft. You got to trash it. Yeah, but I like that game. We got to trash that. It's demonic. There are more other games than watching that kind of stuff. Hallelujah. Some of you all, you got to get delivered from them horror movies. Oh, I'd have messed up now. Reverend, you'd have messed up now. Got to get delivered from them horror movies. You know, they say people who love horror movies, they get older, they, they can't go to sleep. They sleep with the lights on. They jump on everything. They're scared about everything. They got all kinds of locks and, huh? Traps in their house because they think somebody trying to get them. Well, you done ran all them years of that stuff through your spirit, through your mind. You can't have sleep. You wake up somebody after you. Hmm? You getting all, you feeding your spirit, all them spirits. And what's in you come out of you. God forbid you with somebody that you hung up in that stuff and, and you know they jump up all the time and they think you the enemy. I thought, woman, put that knife down. I thought you was that devil on that movie that I just watched. Girl, put that knife down. What you trying to do? Oh, God, I thought you were that, that wicked witch that was trying to catch a spell on me. I was finna kill the wicked witch. Then you dead, and you trying to you trying to explain to the detective what happened. See, I was it was a movie that I was watching. Get delivered, hallelujah! Because any uh, anything of such nature grieves the Holy Spirit. It gives access to demonic spirits and presence and activity in your life. If we truly want to host the Holy Spirit, we will cultivate the atmosphere he desires. Remember, he is the Holy Spirit. He has a personality. And if we want to cultivate an atmosphere and environment for the Holy Spirit, here are some very important elements that we've got to have in our lives if we are going to cultivate an atmosphere and an environment for the Holy Spirit to dwell in. And we always want that when we come together as one. Number one, y'all ready? Praise, worship. I'm telling you because he inhabits our praises. You want to always... Have a setting and a time for praise and worship. Because anytime you praise and you worship God, you bring God on the scene of your situation. And I mean you need to have that going on in your spirit all the time. I hear even the little children, uh, our, our little grandchildren, they'll start singing songs that they hear us sing. And they'll sing the songs that come on the radio. And they'll sing the songs that we play on our uh, CD player and all that kind of stuff. Why? Because they are getting used to praise and worship. Because you understand that praise moves God. Praise is what we do. Worship is when God comes in. So he says, let everything that have breath praise ye the Lord. In other words, when he say praise him, he wants an atmosphere that's so charged that he can come in and inhabit that place of praise. We should get so high in praise in here until God comes right in the midst of our service and sit right in the midst of our service and everything that's needed in the service, God start giving it out. 
We should get caught up in worship until my God, the whole place is on fire because whatever's needed, God is in here to provide it because we send up praise. In other words, we send up Judah. And when we send up Judah, because we are that praise tribe, which is Judah, when we send up Judah, God comes in and right in the midst of what we need, he comes in. Whatever we need, if it's healing, he comes in to heal. If it's deliverance, he comes in to deliver. Whatever it is, God comes in the midst of our service. And the thing is, is that when we praise and worship him, it releases us. You can't come in too many times in our service and just sit there the whole time. Because I'm telling you, you're going to have to get up every now and then. Because in here, you're going to feel the presence of a holy God. Hallelujah. And I love it. I love it. You know, and I love that song. Say, I love to praise him. I love the praise his name. I love to praise him. I love the praise his name. I love to praise him. I love the praise his name. Oh, I love to praise his holy name. How many of you here love to praise the Lord? Because when we sit in the praise, he say, I want to be in the midst of your praise. And I don't know about you, I need him in every one of my situations. I don't need God to be sitting off with his arm folded and say, uh-huh, now you go ahead and work it out yourself. Let's see how that's working for you. Now I need to give him praise so he'll come say, now can I assist you in anything? You need me to come in and work that thing out for you? I say, Lord, you be my guest. I need your help. Come on in here and work it out for me. Are y'all hearing me? So I need, I need praise and worship. Because when you've been working all week long and, my God, and, you know, been dealing with some of your kinfolk, you know, they can really get on your everlasting nerve. They can get on your last reflex. You need to come in here and have some praise and worship. You need to have a little release time. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And sometimes them children get on your everlasting nerve. But you need a little release time. You need to come and give God some praise. That Release that vow and come on in here and send up Judah and give God some praise so that he can revive you, restore you, renew you. Not only that, but if we want to set an atmosphere, a culture, we need scripture. Say that with me, I need scripture. You know why? He lives in his word. All scriptures given by inspiration equal to the breath of God. So I need praise and worship and I need scripture. Amen. And I need solitude too. Number three, I need solitude. Uh, I, be still and know that I am God. Enter into the closet and pray to your father in secret. And your father that sees in secret will reward you. How? Openly. And if you want the Holy Spirit presence in our lives, uh, the most important ingredient is spiritual hunger or thirst. See, Jesus said, blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. I just want to know, I'm getting ready to leave. And do I have anybody in here uh, this morning that have a spiritual hunger today? That's have a spiritual thirstiness that you need to drink more from God. Look what John 7 and 37 says. It said, the Bible says, in the last days, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And he that believeth on him, on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly, y'all see that? Shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the spirit, which they that believed on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Before rivers of living water can flow out of us, we first must have come to him and drink. Drink deeply of his spirit. Drink deeply of his word. 
And one of the most painful and yet important things that in 2020 has done for me has been to awaken me to the critical fact that for the most part, we the church, the body of Christ, though we are his body, we have not been manifesting his power. We have been living too far away from the power of God. In 2020, it looked like many of the saints of God kind of ran away from the power. But look like the real people are coming back and running back to the church. And so the devil has been running rampant with nearly free reign to do anything he wants to do. And the church has been running and hiding and jumping every time the devil say boo. But why that's true? Because uh, we haven't been walking in the power of God. And the reason why we have been walking in the power of God is because we haven't been truly and faithfully hosting his presence. Well, it's now time for us to host his presence. It's now time for our bodies uh, to accept the presence of the Holy Ghost. God uh, does not casually or randomly dispense his holy power to every bypasser or even every church member or even every pastor. God grants his power to those he trusts, to those he has an intimate relationship with, to those who love his presence, and not just his presence or the gifts he brings, and to those who seek his face, and not just his hand. I don't know about you, but I want to seek his face. I sense that the Holy Spirit is saying that the key to our sanity and our victory and moving forward is learning how to abide in him, learning how to host his spirit and learning how to live in his spirit every day. Can you say amen? Out of that abiding life and hosting his presence, fruit will begin to manifest. Power will flow. And gifts and signs and wonders, miracles and visions, dreams and demons cast out. And the sick will be healed. And God will be glorified. Can you say amen? I don't know about you, but that's why Christi—that's what Christianity is all about. How many really want the power of God living on the inside of you? How many want the power of God living on the inside of your life? I want the power of God. Count me in, Bishop. I need the power of God. How many are ready to host the presence of God? Well, y'all just, y'all just uh, forgive me here. The secret of a life overshadowing and empowered with the Holy Spirit is learning the lifestyle of hosting the presence of our God. And so learning how to cultivate a genuine and intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. And that's what we need in the day we live in. We need to cultivate a genuine and an intimate relationship with our God. In other words, we need to go steady. We need to court the Holy Spirit. We need to have a date with the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, we need to have many dates with the Holy Spirit when nobody else is around. You take your Bible out and you start talking to God. You take the word of God. If nobody will read to you, get your phone and let the Bible on the phone read to you, my God. If you're tired, let the Bible read. If you're a little weary, let the Bible read. Can you say amen? And what we need today, mother, we need.
need the host, the Holy Spirit. Uh, we need to open up our lives uh, and tell the Holy Spirit he's welcome uh, to come on the inside of us. Uh, when was the last time? Uh, when was the last time? Uh, you welcome the Holy Spirit in. Because uh, I know when we get to heaven, uh, they sing the song, he'll welcome me. Uh, he'll welcome me. Uh, well, it's time to welcome the Holy Spirit. Uh, come on into our lives. Uh, we need you in our lives. Uh, we invite you in. Uh, we need your presence. Uh, in our lives I want to host you I got a dinner with for you I got it laid out for you to come in my life I need the Holy Spirit in my life to show me how to live to show me how to walk and show me how to talk can you say amen now you got to ask yourself have I been a very good host well some of us haven't been a good host because we have not cleaned ourselves up and got ourselves right so the Holy Spirit can come in and work a perfect work and work a real work in our lives can you say amen and that's why I need to be renewed day by day because I was new one time but I need a re in my life is there anybody here is there anybody here that need a re in their life I need God to reveal I need him to restore I need him to remove I need a re in my life can you say amen I need to repent I need God to bring me back to the place where I lost it and bring me up to where he is can you say amen you can say what you want but in the day we live in we need the Holy Ghost residing in the inside of us you are the temple of the Holy Ghost and it take you need to take let him take residence down on the inside of you God have your way I have this temple that has been cleaned up I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior and he lives on the inside of me and can you say amen I went to the altar and I asked Jesus to come into my heart and he came into my heart I believe I'm ready I believe I'm a candidate to be filled with the Holy Ghost can you say amen if he been evil know how to ask for gifts and your father give you gifts how much more how much more will your heavenly father give good the good gifts and give the gift of the Holy Ghost to them that ask him can you say amen it's not hard Jesus made it simple you ask him to save you now ask him to fill you you ask him to deliver you now ask him to fill you you ask him to change you now ask him to fill you you ask him to turn you now ask him to fill you you ask him to be a better husband now ask him to fill you you ask him to make you a better wife now ask him to fill you can you say amen you open your mouth for everything else and you tell people where to get on and get off at now use your mouth to ask God to fill you one more time you say well Reverend I already been filled well you need a refilling if you've been filled once you can be filled again and again and again and again can you say amen I need a refilling somebody open their mouth and say I I I I need a refilling can you say yeah shout yes refill me Lord refill me Lord refill my life Lord I need a refilling I need to be renewed and the only way I can get 
renewed is through the power of the Holy Ghost. Shout glory. I need him in my life. I need Jesus. I need the Father. And I need the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? Don't let nobody tell you that you don't need him in your life. You need him right now. You're going to need him tomorrow. And you're going to need him the next day. Need him in your life. Say glory. I need him. Look down your row and tell him, say, we need the power of the Holy Ghost operating in our life. Look to your other side and say, neighbor, we need to be filled, filled, filled with the Holy Ghost. Shout yes, shout glory, yeah. I need him like never before. I need him right now. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah. Be renewed by the Holy Ghost. Be renewed by Holy Ghost. Host the presence of God. Host the presence of God. Host the presence of God. Pastor Dr. Edward Smith sang the song, Your presence is a gift. Your presence is We need to host the presence of the Holy Ghost. We need the gift of the Holy Ghost in our lives. Your presence.